Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for being with us here today as we come and worship you. Thank you for this opportunity for these students to be able to share their experiences in India and how you have impacted their lives. And I ask that you just fill this space and help their stories to reach even one person here today, that they might find a way to reach out and be a shining light for someone else. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome, everybody. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for your support, TAF, with this mission trip. It's been an incredible experience. I think the students and I are now bonded for life with this India trip. It was incredible. Um, we've laughed, we've cried, we've had all the feels <laughs> with this trip. And so I'm excited to share some of that with you. Um, I'm going to be interviewing some of the students and going through some of the projects we did. We had several different sites that we worked at on this mission trip. There was a total of 65 of us there with the Maranatha group and it was an incredible experience. But I will interview them and then Riley is gonna share a testimony of an experience that she had while she was there. Um, but to start, I wanna share like a five minute video with you guys some pictures and videos of some of those things that we did while we were in India and kind of get you guys um, feeling some of that experience with us. So I'll see you back in just a bit.
What do you guys think? Yes. So many stories came out of this trip. We're just going to have to share a few. I mean, we could probably do four weeks of stories for you guys. So the interviews today are with some of our students that went. We have OCL right here. Yep, Maria. You guys know Riley. Um, Matthew couldn't make it. He, um, he's getting ready to have surgery on Monday, so he couldn't make it today. He's one of our painters. He's the one that had the construction gloves and all of that, but he couldn't make it this morning, so he wanted to say sorry for that. But we also have from this church David Handy, um, but he's on a, an FTC trip for school right now, and Paige Riley, my daughter, um, she just had surgery um, this last week, so she's still at home recovering from that. So this is our group. We're going to have a few questions for them, some fun um, hopefully fun questions. You guys can look happy. You can smile. It's okay. It's not an interrogation. <laughs> um, I'm going to start by asking you guys, how many of you is this your first mission trip that you went on to India? Two of you? To, to India, yes. All of you, this is your first one to India. Now, Maria, how many trips have you been on? Um, last year, I went to Kenya, and I've been on other... Oh, and I've been to two other mission trips besides Kenya. Yeah, and you guys may remember last year when they came into their Kenya trip, Maria was here and shared her story last year. So I'm going to, you can just go down the line here. What did you really enjoy about India? Something that stood out to you. India specifically? Yeah, um, like clothes, people, food. What was something that was kind of a highlight for you? Well, the culture was just weird. Like... <laughs> Good weird, but just different. It was different. Um, the food was awesome. The people were overly nice. Yeah, I, I don't know. It was really nice being around people all the whole time. Yeah, um, it was one thing. Wow. Um, there was a lot of people. I don't think I've ever been in such a small space with so many people. It was honestly, it was crazy. Um, can you all hear me? Yes. Um, I think it was a great experience. It, it was um, definitely um, a cultural shock. And then um, I think my favorite part probably was the kids and like helping out. I felt like had a purpose. And <laughs> um, the food, it was okay. But I'm Puerto Rican and I, I just think my food is the best. Obviously, <laughs> always, no matter what. So it was okay. Your mom's here. You're like, she yes. has to say that. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was very crowded in India. One of the things, we knew there was going to be a lot of people. We were prepared for that. We weren't prepared for how um, aggressive. aggressive they would be. Not necessarily, like, mean, but the curiosity was, it was an aggressive curiosity. And so um, they would, like, come up and, like, grab students to try to get selfies with them and all of that. And so... Really early on, we were like, okay, we need to tighten in the reins because even at the airport, my daughter Paige was like, this is really weird. There's grown men trying to get photos with me. But it was just something by the end, we kind of got used to it. A few of the students were like, oh, this is what it's like to be famous. And they thought it was really cool. But by the end, 
most of those students were like over it. They're like, I don't want to be famous. This is too much. This is too many people like trying to get into my personal space. So um, I want to go into some of the sites that we, um, that we did. So construction site. We're going to start with the construction site. And all three of you had at least one experience on the construction site. Riley, you spent your entire time that we were there at the construction site. So I know it had a huge impact on you. So I'm gonna start at this end and come and end with, with Riley. So OCL, when you were working, or Maria, we're gonna start with Maria because I have her photo up. Maria, when you were working on the construction site, what kind of stood out to you about the people that you were working with? Um. I guess that everyone was like really welcoming and if you didn't know how to do something they would show you how to do it and it was just like a really positive working environment. What about you LCL? Same and then the um there were um some of the like um village people helping out they were mm -hmm. like really nice like you said welcoming everybody was like into it. Yeah there was a lot of the village people doing a lot of the work and it you almost had to talk to them using hand motions because they didn't speak any English, obviously, but they always were smiling. And I think all of us, I got to work the construction site one day, and I don't know how you did it, Riley, for the entire time, because I did one day and I was done. But it was I inhaled amazing. a lot of rocks. Um, so what about for you? What was some of the stuff that stood out for you? Um, well, like he said, the village people, they were awesome. I've never had to, I don't know, I've never had that language barrier that strong before having to depend on other people, but not being able to communicate. And it was just, it was really nice because eventually we were learning the language a little bit, dialogue and like just some other things. And it was just really nice to be able to make that connection. And like by the time we were leaving, they were like, can we get a photo? Because they were very, they were told not to ask for photos because of like respectful reasons. So it was just really sweet. Yeah, it was, it was an incredible experience. So what was a favorite thing about that site? For you um it was oh the leaders there was mr lauren and mr terry they were our like construction site team leaders workers whatever they were they were the nicest people they they gave me i got a leadership award from that and it was just it was nice to hang out with them they were like <laughs> they were just really good figures to look up to and stuff now ocl i don't know if this was a favor for you i know you're a food guy that site was the only the site fruit that had was really yep. good. That had fruit breaks. Yes. Every day. The pomegranates, amazing. So you guys had pomegranates. Pineapple. You guys saw they had the bananas there <laughs> too. Oh, yeah. What we else saw. was there? Oranges. We had yeah, oranges they that were green. green. We had fresh pineapple. Yeah, I was jealous because the other sites did not have fruit breaks. Yeah. That's something that I think every job needs to work in. Fruit breaks. <laughs> Maria, did you have anything on the construction site that I know you did it one day? Two days? Um, I, I no, I did it every morning. Oh no, you did it every morning. I yeah. did it every morning, and then I went in the afternoon to work with the kids because oh, we. So the first couple days, we the kids were supposed to have one class in the morning, two classes in the afternoon. We were supposed to leave at four. We because it was an hour and a half drive back to the hotel every, uh, just one way. We had to rearrange the kids' schedule to where we had two classes in the morning and. Um, and one class in the afternoon. So starting off, I went to construction in the morning and I went to the kids camp afterwards. Um, after we rearranged the schedule, I went to construction 
for two and a half hours, and then went to kids camp, back to construction, back to kids camp. So it was really back and forth. Um, it was just interesting all in all, and I was happy to work with the people that were in construction, but also, yeah, but also see the kids. Um, this is my second time working with Terry. He's an awesome guy, for real. So when you would do the, yeah, Terry was incredible. He would wear uh, button-down shirts with the sleeves ripped off. I should have put a picture up. He was funny. He was amazing, though. When you would go to the, do the kids' camp, what was your experience like at the kids' camp? There were two kids' camps. One was at Pola, which we saw the welcome ceremony at. Um, and then there was another one, which is the one that I was at. And you saw them. They were doing the little spinny dance. And it was, it was cool. That one was like a couple hours, I think, away they were from each other. So what was your experience like with kids' camp, Maria? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It was. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't. They were really sweet. Um, can, they were so respectful. They were, yeah, they were very respectful. When they came in for their classes to greet you, it was good morning, ma'am, good afternoon, ma'am, good evening, ma'am, goodbye, ma'am, like all day. Like you would be walking to your lunch and it'd be like good morning or good day, ma'am, good day, ma'am, and just all down the road. Like let's practice. Let's practice with the audience, okay? Oh, I'm gonna gosh. say good morning and you're gonna say good morning, ma'am. Okay, ready? Good morning. Good morning, ma'am. That's, That's so what weird. it was like every day. It was so nice. We tried that at, at school. It didn't. It didn't last very long, but it, it was. It sounded great for the teachers. That's saying something. The principal liked it for sure, but. Um, it was awesome. So, OCL, you spent a lot of your time at kids' camp. What was that like for you? Um, it was great. I got to meet a lot of a lot of the kids. They were, like she said, very, very respectful. Um, they, like she said, good morning, ma'am, and all that. And what stood out to me was that um, whenever they walked around the school, they would all walk around with their hands behind their back. With their oh, hands behind their back? Always, no matter what. And it wouldn't just be like kids our age, it'd be three-year-olds, two-year-olds, four-year-olds, and it's just like, wow, because you come here to America, you're like, oh, I like your shirt. They throw a book at you and they're like, you're ugly. <laughs> so, yeah. Especially with I'm right. You are right. You're accurate. Yeah, we have, uh, you guys get that experience at TCA because we're K through 12, yeah. so you get to experience all no. of the younger... Yes. Riley, your mom. <laughs> yes, it would be nice if they just all walked around with their hands behind their back. Mm -hmm. Good morning, ma'am. Good morning, sir. Absolutely. Okay, so how did the kids respond to you guys at kids' camp? And even at worship, Riley, I know you were involved in the worships on the weekends. What was the kids' response to what we were doing? Were they open to it or, yeah? Yeah, they, they, they were definitely very open, very excited. Um, we brought, um, like, um, oh, I'm sorry. Um, we brought, like, this little animal stickers that we would put around the classroom. They were, like, very um, intrigued into the activities. They would always, like, be able to help. We would do, like, skits for them. Um, we did, I think we did the story of Joseph, the yeah. 12 brothers and all that. Um, we did David, not, not David. Daniel. Daniel and the Lion's Den. Moses. Um, Moses. So, yeah, and they all were very willing to participate. Um, one thing that was very interesting, okay, so you see on the, on the screen, the little hearts. Well, in India, for um, religious reasons, we cannot talk about Jesus. So we would replace, 
not replace, but we would take the idea of Jesus and turn it into something. So here we were at church, and instead of Jesus coming into your heart, it was um, good ideas or good deeds coming into your heart, and good thoughts, um, and you would you would open it. But bad thoughts, bad ideas, bad decisions, you would close it. So it was just very interesting to see how we would tell the stories and replace not necessarily the idea of Je not not Jesus, but we would take his idea and turn it into something that would be respectful to also their religions. I think the the part that I got most out of it was even the language barrier, it still happened at church, obviously. It's the same principle, the same set, whatever. But we did songs for, what, 30 minutes? Just singing, just singing. The kids didn't even know the songs. But we would figure out songs that had, like, hand motions, or we'd make up hand motions, and they would just do... <laughs> I started doing the YMCA at one point. They were just all over the place participating, and it was just really sweet to see that they wanted to do that with us. Yeah, and they taught us stuff, too. They taught us some of their songs and all of that. I know when I was at my kids' camp, we found out on the ride over that we could not say Jesus to them when we were doing the service. And so the teacher's like, okay, we got to figure out how we're going to present Jesus to them and through our actions and through everything but saying it. And so when I told my story, it was the story of Daniel and his friends and the diet that they had to eat and how to make good choices with your diet and all of this. And then when I asked them, who do we... Who can we call on to help us make good choices? The students yelled out, Jesus. So they said it, not me. And it made me realize that Jesus will speak for himself. God will speak for himself. When we can't say even his name, the people will still say it. He, his presence will still be there. And that was so incredible to see, for sure. All right, let's talk about the painting site. Um, this is Maddie. He came over. He was on construction too, but he came over and did a lot of the painting. Now, OCL, you didn't get to come to the painting site. And Riley, you didn't come to the painting site. Maria, it's you and me. I was there. That was where I was most of the time at the painting site. There's Maria. She's super excited to be there. Yeah. <laughs> now, Maria, what was um, the hardest thing about being on the painting site? Hard? The hardest thing, yes. It was easy for me. Yeah. Um, well, you broke your neck, right? <laughs> I guess the paint falling into your eyes. Um, it wasn't really physical labor. It wasn't, at least in my opinion, wasn't difficult. I mean, your arms got tired when you were painting the ceiling, but. Um, yeah, the, the kids were on the opposite side of the hall where we were painting one room and all of that. Um, I don't know, I don't say it, it was really hard. Um, it was hot that day though, and I was told I was not allowed to paint anymore because I got sick, so that was fun. Yeah, when you get close to painting on the ceilings, it's all concrete, so the heat, when you're up there at the ceiling level, is intense, and you come, you're standing on, see, I don't know if you see these racks here, you saw in the video, all of those bunk beds, that was what we stood on to paint, and so it was incredibly safe, um, but that's a joke, but we um, would get really close to the ceiling and we would just, we had to kind of rotate in, rotate out people because 
we didn't want everybody dropping like flies. But yeah, it was definitely not overly physical, but the paint was a very strong smell, especially the blue paint. It wouldn't wash out. It wouldn't wash out, yep. And I think Andrea still has some in her hair. But and shoes. Yeah, and I the white paint just, if, you know, you're painting walls white. It's not a fun color. So I don't know how many students were like, I feels like I'm doing nothing, I see no progress. But then once it all dried, you guys saw in the video, it looked so clean and the lines were so nice. What was really cool about the painting site versus the construction site that we experienced was at the construction site, the kids were all in class during, while they were building the, the building they were working on. But at the painting site, we were painting dorms. And so the boys' dorm was the rooms we were painting. And so the boys would be in the building with us. And so we could interact with the kids all day while we were painting and play soccer with them. And so we got to have some really cool experiences with them on this painting site. Um, Here's some of the boys there on the left. They were so fun. And then there was a school down from that painting site that had um, all the girls. And they were in class. And they went just at different times. But overall, incredible experience. Now, at the end of this trip, they gave us these beautiful scarves you see all the students wearing. That was so, so nice. And so you see Maddie, David, and Marco there, they've got theirs. That was such an incredible gift because we felt like they shouldn't have given us anything because they had already given us so much of their hearts on this trip. And um, it was just incredible to get something from them and after everything they had already given us. So I'm asking you guys a few more questions. What do you miss most about India? Um, I think we can all agree. It's not what you don't feel like you have a, like everyone knows we're at school. We go to school. We're going we're gonna to get out of school. We're going to do something in the world, I'm sure. I hope. Um, Maybe. But Hopefully. in India, it was like you were immediately seeing a difference. You were making a difference. You got to see that right in front of you, in the, in the kids, in the buildings, in the painting. It was, it just felt so surreal. And then being back here, it's like, oh, I, I have a test next week. I have a test I'm studying for, that's crazy. Just to have another test. It's, it just was nice to see that you were making a difference and feeling like you had a, like a genuine purpose, I guess. What do you miss most, Maria? <laughs> um, I think, Overall, I miss how nice everyone was in the culture itself. I know that the principal and his wife, I definitely, I definitely miss them. They were amazing. Um, not going to get into it, but there was a little boy and his siblings, and um, their father ended up poisoning their mother, and she died. He ended up going to jail, and the principal and his wife, instead of letting those kids go off and do what the government would take them to do, I don't know what that would be, they told, uh, they would say that they would take the kids in and they would watch them, they would feed them, they would give them shelter, and they can go to school there. And so just seeing that act of kindness going out into the, the towns and the villages, you wouldn't really see that here in the U.S. And they like, um, uh, I don't, uh, did you talk about their own? Oh, yes, their room. It was <laughs> the kids' room? Yeah. Oh, okay. So the kids' room, it was very interesting. So it was like 
instead of everyone who went and paid there, they had a big dorm room. Theirs was cut in half. Half of it was the, there was a wall. The, half of it was the classroom, and the other half is where they stayed with the kindergarten teacher. Yeah. So, um, like she said, it, it was really cool to see how um, the principal and their wife were like willing to help those kids, and um, I I just really miss like she said having a purpose and then seeing those kids smile every day no matter what. It 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 was really amazing. Now, one thing I did miss and I'm really grateful for. Thank you, America. Thank you for seatbelts. There were no seat belts in those buses. And I was this close to hitting the top of the bus like a million times. We had bruises, yeah. Yes. I fell out of my seat. Not fun. You were glad to get back where there were seat belts. Yes. Yes. You know what's crazy is when I did the interviews with the other students that went on the trip, so many of them said they loved not being on their cell phones all day. Let that sink in for a second. They actually said they loved having a purpose and working all day and not being on their phone. They said they didn't even want to be on it at the end of the day because it just felt like nothing. Now, I'm sure they're on it, you know, now that they're back, but they, they said it's definitely something that, you know, they would like to be able to make some changes in their life so that they don't have to be or feel like they should be on it all day. So I thought that was really cool because I never thought I would hear that from teenagers personally. Um, yes. I know that, I know that I wasn't really on my phone that much at all besides to call my grandmother. Um, I, I feel like I'm on my phone because I have nothing else to do. So doing something didn't really want me to be yeah, on technology. That's, exact, that's it, yeah. You guys need more to do. Thanks for letting now, your teacher moms, know. moms, that does not mean, that does not mean that we're going to clean the whole house or that we're going to clean the garage. Okay, we're willing to help, but. Oh, yes, David Handy, who's not here, he said, if my mom saw how much work I'm doing and what I'm capable of, he said, I don't want her to see this video. Yeah, It was hilarious, yes. Don't give us more work. <laughs> She'll know the truth. They worked very hard. They did such an incredible job. I wasn't surprised. It was a couple I was, but out of these, I was not surprised at all because I already knew what they were capable of. But yeah, they, we worked them very hard on this trip. Okay, so how did this trip grow your relationship with God? Quick. Uh, cra crazy. Um, you're going to find out in a few minutes, but yeah, I'm just, yeah. Um. I don't know. Before this trip, I was I was feeling less close with God. I was questioning really what I thought he was. But going every time I go on a mission trip, I see how much he loves me or how he cares for me and that he doesn't really let anything really come at me the way that it could come at me. And I'm very I think I grew a lot closer with him over this trip. Um I think I really learned to be more grateful for what I have. Um, definitely, um, again, those kids' smiles, they were great. And then we would do like little crafts with them in the kids' camp. And I remember um, we did, we had like, um, I don't know what you call it, that like brown part from the toilet paper. 
the rum house. Rolls. Yeah, the, like the little rolls. Um, so we would like put some like red paper all over it, and then we put a balloon, and they had a blow into it, and then the balloon would like expand. And I remember looking at it, and I was like, th th "This is so stupid. We could have just brought them like an actual toy." But seeing their smiles every day and how happy they were. It and, didn't take much. It yeah. wasn't about the big toy. Yeah. It was even the smallest the, things. The little things. Um, we ran out of those toys, and we didn't have enough for everyone. So we were like, we'll just give them a balloon. Well, Miss Wilson, she's not here today. Um, she was like, wait, we have these water bottles. Let's cut up the water bottles. Let's put a balloon on it, and let's see if it works. So she made one, and she cut off, cut off the tip of the balloon. She duct taped it, and then she duct taped around the part of the water bottle that we cut and it worked into so we made what was it 20 more of those yeah about 20 more of just the water bottles duct tape balloon and gave it to the kids that just had a balloon and their faces lit up they yeah they had the time of their anytime lives. you handed them anything they just were so appreciative so would you guys go on another mission trip after this experience yes we know Riley is going on another mission yeah, trip yeah. <laughs> What would you guys say to somebody who's thinking about it? Go. Just go. Run Don't think fast. about it. Just go. Yeah. It, if you want to go, if God wants you to go, you will go. He will provide. There were so many kids from our school that were going, and by, what, what was it, like three weeks in, and they still, they were so close to not being able to go. And then we were also waiting for the visas. Visas were coming in late, but everything got passed on time. Yeah, it was yeah. miracle after miracle, for sure. I Faith think, over fear. <laughs> Faith over fear, Faith for over sure. Fear. I think how I went last year to Kenya, and then I went this year to Kenya. I was talking with Miss Spivey, and she was talking about how she's never seen someone who's actually wanted to go on a mission trip not go because they couldn't afford it. Last year, I was $600 short, and I was not going to be able to go. It was one week, one week before I was leaving, and Miss Spivey found a donor that donated $600 to me, and I don't know who that is, but I'm very grateful they did so because that was an experience I would not want to give up. So go, run. And I just want you guys to have an opportunity of like what you would say to everybody who did support you, whether it was financially or even through prayer. Um, a lot of people here supported in both of those ways, and I want to give you an opportunity to be able to tell them what that meant to you. Um, thank you. There was literally, without the support of specifically TAF as well, um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have been able to go. There was, financially, there was no way we were going to make it. Um, but I just want to thank say thank you to all those who did help and provide my way. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I would like to say thank you to my grandmother because she, she would do anything for me and I don't think that she knows how much I actually love her and that I'm very grateful about everything that she does for me, especially being able to help me fundraise for this. And also to my aunts and uncles because they are amazing and they helped me raise all the money I needed to go. So thank you. Um, I want to say thank you, um, first of all, for the prayers because we needed a lot of prayers, especially with the, 
things that happened, which you will hear about later. Um, I say thank you to my mom and my parents, my, I mean my dad, mom and dad, um, uncles, grandmothers, parents, um, church family. Um, we we had to go like on our way and I um, to like raise money. I started like selling chocolates and stuff like on around the neighborhood and stuff. And people donated and once they heard like the purpose. So I want I just want to say thank you because it was like she said um, an experience I would not like to give up. It's great and if you get the chance to go, please go. And I just want to say thank you to Taff for not only the financial stuff. You helped my daughter and and David be able to go. And I know they're not here but they are so grateful, but also just your prayers. Um, these mission trips are, there's a lot that goes into them. And so every prayer, even if that's all you could do, it made such a huge difference for all of us. And we had such an incredible experience because you helped us get there. All right, Riley, you're up. Hello. You guys know me. I've been, technically I've been going to TAF for over a year, but I believe this Saturday is my first official Sabbath being a member here. That's crazy. I didn't even know I wasn't a member. I thought it was, I thought it was built in my blood. I don't know. Um, uh, thank you guys for being here. Um, Riley Lindy, 15. I'm a freshman at Tri-City Christian Academy. Um, I've been going there all my life. Um, this was my first mission trip, and I've had, I had a very unexpected, eventful trip, I, could, I guess you could say. It was just very all over the place, um, but before we get all into that, um, you guys like games? I like games. Hey, what game do you guys like? Where's Waldo? You like Where's Waldo? I like Where's Waldo. How about uh, we take a spin? Um, who can find Riley in this photo? It will give you $500 on the spot if you can find me in this photo. Nobody? Going once? Twice? Nobody? Okay. <laughs> That's good, because I'm not in that photo. It'd be weird if you saw me in that photo, because I'm not in that photo. Um, uh, would you pray real quick, and then we'll get back into it? Dear Heavenly Father, I ask that you just be with us now as Riley tells her story. Be with Riley. Um, help her to not feel nervous and help her to be able to share this experience and help it to touch someone here. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, so I had an amazing time on this trip. From what I tell you next, I, I just want you to know I had an amazing time on this trip. I wouldn't trade this trip for the world. This trip changed so much about how I view the world and those around me. It's, it, I just, you can't, there's no words. I just, it was, it was life-changing. Um, I had an, I got to do a lot of things. I got to have fun with my friends. I got to do construction. But before we even got on the trip, we were told we were gonna have four flights. Um, they were very long, tedious, tiring flights. Nobody was prepared for how long those flights were gonna be. Um, but before we even got to Ranchi, India, where we were staying, we, took, we had a layover in Delhi for what, four hours? Like four hours? Eight hours, we had an eight hour layover. And so Marinatha as a whole decided that we were gonna go on a tour. So um, we got to eat food. 
we got to, this is from Ranchi, but the culture was awesome. It, this is just the surrounding areas. But um, we were going on the plains. Um, that's, that's the sunset at Qatar and the plane we were taken from Qatar. But um, they got us a tour bus and we were off. We had three tour guides? I think so. We had three tour guides and it was just, <laughs> it was a very hot bus. We were all tired. So it was, it was gonna be a weird tour, everyone could tell. Cause nobody, you wanna be there, but you don't wanna be there. <laughs> You'd rather be at the hotel already asleep. And so we got to pass a bunch of cool things. We got to pass all the embassies that are in Delhi, cause Delhi's the capital. It's one of the most crowded places. It's one of the most popular places. So this is the president's house, I believe. That thing is a mansion. Um, it's bigger than a mansion. It's a compound, yeah, that's what it is. Um, and then we were going we we're gonna go to a park and take a picture by the Indian Gate, I believe. Is it working? It is working, okay. And this is the park that we were at. Um, it was very, very big. It was new to the area. This is the gate we were going to see. Um, on the beginning of the trip, I don't know, I think I was having just an off time. I was nervous, everyone gets, you're going to a different country. You're gonna get nervous. My mom wasn't there, I was nervous, it's fine. Um, so we get to India and I'm not talking to anyone. I don't know, gone nonverbal, I don't know. I just, introvert little shell, I decide not to talk to anyone. So the beginning of the trip, I was at the bus. I was sitting in the back by myself, the hot sweaty bus. And then um, we get there and we start getting out. And we were told, we were going to, we were gonna pass some vendors in a bridge, and we didn't know this, but there was a tunnel we were gonna go down. I never got to see that tunnel. Um, we were gonna go take a picture by the Indian Gate. You can kind of see, it's like a football layout. Follow me, just, just try your best. Um, and so we get off the bus, and I have my hands in my pocket, I have my phone on me, I think I had my wallet on me, I don't know. You don't trust things in a bus, you're not knowing who's gonna be in there. So we were told to say no to all the vendors and just don't even talk to them. You're told to look down, stay with the group, whatever. We were walking in the group and I remember getting off the bus last and being with Chaplain Carey, Paige, Maria, were you there? I think Maria was there and Sayuri. Sayuri goes to Kernersville, but you'll see a picture of her later. Um, and as we were going, as you're we beginning to walk through the thing, we have a tour guide in front of us. We had three chaperones with us, and we were all just walking. We're following the tour guide. We start walking, I was in the back, um, and then we see these people in different, there was this one, there was these three women in yellow saris, and they were like selling bracelets, you know, whatever. Would you like a bracelet? No. Would you like a bracelet? No. Would you, they're just, do you want a picture? No. There was a guy with a tiny little chessboard trying to sell it to us. That was awesome. Um, but you're told to say no. And so we're all looking down. Everyone's kind of panicked because we're kind of in a crowd hurdled together. Um, and then this lady in the yellow sari with a, a basket of bracelets, she, she kind of like... She grabs my arm, and I'm like, yo, yo, yo. I have my hands in my pocket, and I'm like, hey, what's, what's going on there? 
and she's not letting go. And she's like, bracelet, bracelet. And she takes my hand out of my pocket. And I'm like, no, 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 I don't, I don't got any money. Um, I don't got any money. No, stop. And um, I look up, and I see Chaplain Carrie there. So I'm like, okay, the group's stopping by the bridge. That's fine. We're right uh, where the red and the white meet, kind of. That's kind of where we were. Um, that's the bridge. Um, and that's, oh, oh, that's back. That's kind of the woman. That's like your typical idea of the woman. Um, and she grabs my arm, and I'm trying to shake her off. She's not letting go. I don't know. It's something about different culture. I didn't want to pull away and, like, make her offended and go to jail. I don't know. Everyone's stressed. We had a kid last time that they went to India. He almost went to jail for dancing. Hello? I don't know. I, I was, I'd been told of that, so I was worried and fearsome. Uh, I'd offend her, go to jail or something. I don't know. Um, but I look up, I see Chaplain Carey, and I, they're paused. I, it's fine. It's going to be okay. Everything's fine. Um, then, then she doesn't let go of my arm after I'm telling her, no, I don't got any money. Let me go. I got to go. Um, and she, she starts, she grabs my wrist, and she starts putting, if you don't know what henna is, this is henna. She starts doing henna on my arm. And she's like, no, 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 it won't be long, it won't be long. And I said, no, I got to go. And I'm looking up, and they're no longer paused. Um, I'm five feet away from everyone. Um, nobody's seeing me gone. I'm, I'm by myself. Um, I remember looking up at Chaplain Carey. I remember looking down back at the woman that's doing stuff on my arm. I look back up, and she's gone. Um, I started yelling for Chaplain Carey, and I, it's a, it's a very crowded place, so I'm not, I understand that nobody could hear me, it's just, it, it really hurt, um, I've never, I don't think I've ever been that scared in my life, um, and then a second woman comes over, also in a yellow sari, and she's grabbing my other arm. She's grabbing my other arm, kind of weirdly petting it. And she's like, no, 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 it won't be long, won't be long. Um, and I keep saying I don't have any money. And then I look back up. The whole group's gone. I just see Indians on the bridge. There's nobody else is there. Um, and then finally she, she finishes my arm after I've been telling her to stop. I'm shaking at this point. I'm crying, sobbing like I am now. Um, I was hyperventilating. I was very out of it. Um, she's, she finally lets go of my arm, and she says, money, money. I told her, I don't have any money. She looks me in the eyes, and she says, you better come back. You better come back. Um, I, start, I start crossing the bridge because I don't know what else to do. I wanted to follow the group wanted to stay with the group. I wanted to find them. I, I don't know. You don't see that many white people in India. I thought it'd be pretty easy to find them. I crossed the bridge, um, and it's, this is the view I get, well, obviously from the ground, but this is the view. Um, it was very crowded, not like in this video. It was very crowded, and, um, It's very crowded, and I keep looking around, and it's, 
Have you ever seen like a stop motion film or like something that like it's a slideshow, but it's like frame per frame? That's exactly how it felt. I felt like everything stopped. I don't think I've ever felt that panicked. I looked around, I looked right to left, I couldn't find them. Um, it was pretty much impossible for me to find them at that point. And then, you know, when I think back on it, it's possible that today I wouldn't be here. It's, it, in some alternate world, I'm not here and my mom's up here telling you this. And in that thought, terrifies me, but I had a man on the inside. Um, so <laughs> somehow a little voice in my head, go back to the bus, go back to the bus, it's fine, go back to the bus. I start shaking, I put my hands on my head, I'm walking through the crowds, um, I just keep repeating, go back to the bus, go back to the bus. Um, I see the ladies standing at the end of the bridge, and I'm trying to, I grab, I sneak in between a bunch of Indians, and we're walking, and I get back to the um, vendor's area, and there's stands, and you know that feeling when you can feel somebody looking at you, but you don't see them? Um, I get past the stands, back into the street, walking towards the bus, and I can, I can, I just feel eyes on me. It, I just feel so exposed I don't know why and I look back and there's like six or seven guys Indian guys just starting to walk behind me they're all looking at me um and and at that point all I can think is run so I start running to the bus um I run to the bus and I was told from what I remembered there was only two tour guides I don't remember a third one um and then I got to the bus and these guys are right behind me. And the tour guide that was still on the bus, the third one I didn't know about, he saw me crying and shaking. And if he wasn't there, I wouldn't be here. He let me in the bus. The language barrier, he couldn't speak to me. There was nothing. We couldn't interact. And he starts, he starts, um, he starts getting the hen off my hand. And then um, it was, it was just, it was all over the place. For most people, if you were in that situation, you wouldn't, you'd want to go home. Um, and then in a, different, in a different world, in a different world for her, um, back when the story was starting, I'm okay, by the way, if you couldn't tell, I made it back to the bus, I'm okay. I'm still here today, I'm okay, everything's okay. Um, but in, a, in her perspective, um, the, there was a group of Indian guys that were breaking the group apart back when we were at the bridge. And that's how we all got separated. Chapel, they, everyone was holding on to somebody next to them. And I just happened to be the lucky one out that um, got to have this experience and be able to say this and be okay. Um, they crossed the bridge and then there's this tunnel. I never got to see this tunnel. This tunnel was hidden, and I didn't get to see it. That's how we got lost. They walked off the bridge, they walked down into the tunnel, and I couldn't find them. Um, and if it wasn't for this angel, I, wouldn't, I probably wouldn't be here. Um, this is Sayuri. She goes to Kernersville Church, and I, I, I've known her for a few years. I haven't known her well, though. 
And if she wasn't, they were in the tunnel. They were the last people in the tunnel. And Sayiri has, she has this thought. She starts looking around, where's Riley? Where's, where's Riley? Why is she not here? Where's Riley? And she tells Chaplain Carrie, and nobody knows where I am. And that's the, if she didn't say anything, it's possible I wouldn't have gotten back. Um, she, Chaplain Carrie calls the uh, tour bus guide, and they say I'm not there, because at the point, I wasn't there. And so her and Mr. Yole, our chaperones, they ran with the, with the other two tour guides, and they went to go find me. And, and there's a lot more that happened, but it's, it's not as important to the story. Um, but I'm okay. Um, it really opened my eyes how God can turn something bad like this start. This was the start of our mission trip. We didn't, we weren't, we didn't even set our bags down. Our bags were on the bus. We weren't even in Ranchi yet. It's the first day in India and this happens. And it just, it amazes me how God can turn something terrible like this into a fun trip that I got to have in an experience that has changed my life. And I'm going on my next one. I'm going to the Dominican Republic in July. I will, we will find a way. God will make a way. I know I will. Yeah. Yeah. So, if you get the chance, go. Uh, don't be in the back of the group. Um, <laughs> it was really funny, actually. I got to India, Ranchi, and I opened my... <laughs> I opened my bag. She's already laughing because she knows. I opened my bag, and on my Bible, there's a sticky note that says, stay with the group. <laughs> my mom. <laughs> yeah, but uh, thank you. Just don't let the small things ruin it for you because God, God has a plan. He has a plan for you guys. Uh, you, we're going to have our last song real quick, and then we're going to pray after, yeah. Can we clap for these young children? So we're going to do a song now that Riley has specifically requested we do. Sorry, I didn't mention that. Um, when I got back on the bus, our tour guide, um, or no, not our tour guide, sorry, one of my chaperones, he told me to write about, to write about it because I was freaking out. I was scratching the skin off my hand. I was really out of it. And he told me to just start writing stuff down. And so I was writing stuff down. I don't remember this. He told me this after the trip. He said, what song were you singing? What song? What, what song was I, what? When was I singing? It's like that first day right after you got lost. What, what song were you singing? And he repeated some of the words to me, and I immediately recognized it as Praise You in the Storm by Casting Crowns, which is the song we're going to sing right now. And, and so this is a very...